Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome author Gregor Pratt to our program today. Gregor is celebrating the second book in his series that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. The new book is called Dragon's Eye. Who's Watching You is the subtitle of the book for us to be able to answer the question. We're going to talk to Gregor not only about what it's been like for him to create these characters, but also the way he's able to take us on this adventure through the book, as well as, of course, get to know the characters a little bit better ourselves. If you all are new to the series, we will let you guys know how to be able to get the book for yourself and also stay connected with Gregor. But, Gregor, thank you so much for the time. really appreciate it. Cyrus, thank you for having me. It's great to be here today. Yeah, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Really enjoyed this book, Gregor. We're going to get into Dragons Eye here in a bit. But, I mean, of course, you know, you had looked forward to writing your first novel. You were able to do that. What has it been like for you now to be able to have the second book in the series out, Gregor? Um, it's great. It, 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 the characters are becoming like family to me, Cyrus, as the mm. stories go on. Even though they're not – the storyline doesn't continue, the characters continue. Um, and so I've enjoyed that, and it makes writing um, easier the second time because I know who my characters are, what they're capable of, what they're not capable of, uh, and you have to plug that into the storyline. The character development is an important part of, of the whole storyline, really. Yeah. I'm glad you and, said that. So the fr- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gregor. Well, I was going to digress. You know, my first book was a pandemic novel, Cyrus, and I published it literally four weeks before any of us ever heard of COVID and, and it was five years in the making. You know, I've been working on it for all, all those years and my friends are telling me, look what you did to us, Pratt, you know, that you brought on this pandemic. <laughs> uh, I, I was pleased to see that. I, I tried to pull from the headlines and some of my pandemic predictions were pretty accurate. And fortunately for the world, um, nothing was as bad as Ebola Island, but, Anyway, I'm sorry Sorry to digress, Cyrus. No, no. no. Actually, I was going to go there with you, uh, Gregor, and talking about the first book, because I was going to ask you, could you have imagined when you introduced the two main characters in Ebola Island that the response would be what it was? And you kind of answered a bit of that with the response, especially the timing there. But what about for yourself, though? When you first imagined this, this char- these characters and you kind of came up with the idea for the Gamble family, did, did you believe that it was going to be a family you wanted to spend some time with to get to know more than one book? Um, you know, I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. I start out usually with three or four or five outlines, and I see which ones attract my attention and which ones I can continue to think about and add to, and I'll decide, okay, this is the storyline I want to follow. And plot usually comes first to me, Cyrus, and then I work on the characters after that. Um, because I practice law for 40 years, I try to work a little bit of law in every story, but, but not much, maybe like the, uh, the salt on your meal. Um, it's somewhere that I'm comfortable, though. So I, I start with that part, those parts of the book, and I write them because it comes easily. And that allows me to get some momentum and get started. And then I, 
I start thinking about what do I want my characters to be like? What what journey do I see for them in this novel? Um, and and I kind of that, that's typically the way I work it. Uh, I'm I'm prone to the sagging middle. I, I I get carried out, carry things on too long in the middle, and so I've got to go back. And my first edit is usually to cut 30 pages out of the middle of the book. Uh, but that helps me tighten up the characters, tighten up the action and hopefully keep it moving for the reader. Yeah. And it definitely happens in Dragon's Eye, because we, we're kind of faced with a couple of things. One, I mean, we have one of our main characters, Jack Campbell, dealing with a what-if scenario, right? Um, but also, we have other characters you're able to introduce us to, uh, Gregor, who are dealing with especially the consequences of going against um, powerful forces, going against government, uh, and what can sometimes happen, which kind of sucks in uh, Jack Gamble as well. Talk to us about that, because it's interesting hearing you say about what comes first for you. So what what was it that kind of inspired the plot for Dragon's Eye? Well, Dragon's Eye is a reference on two different levels. Uh, Dragon's Eye refers to China on the big level, but on the more specific level, it refers to Chinese-made security cameras in, in public spaces, that are backfeeding information to Beijing, and they're being used as intelligence tools. Uh, they're also uh, operating uh, facial recognition algorithms, and our heroine, Maddie, gets caught up in that. Um, the way I have written it, um, if a camera catches anyone with someone else of interest more than three times, they become a person of interest. And so because some of Maddie's uh, English as a second language students who are Chinese are being watched by the Chinese government. When she appears more than three times with her students, they take an interest in her too. And so she kind of gets caught up in that. And that is, that's not exactly what's going on with some of the spyware and the TikTok information being uh, sent back to China that's going on now, um, but it's, it's close. And that's what I hope in fiction is that uh, my story is plausible and relates to something that's going on now. This. This story takes place in 2033, as you know, um, fairly near future. Um, and there are also e extrajudicial means that China is using to get people back to China, similar to the uh, unofficial Chinese police stations that are in the news in New York and L.A. and other places in the world. Um, so I, I hope that, that those parts of it are um, trustworthy and credible. Um, and it's, it, it helps inspire me to write, okay, what, what am I going to start with? What, what could I do with this concept? And so I think that's an important concept in the world today, Cyrus, so I thought I would follow on that. China's ascendancy is, uh, is a major issue, and so that's kind of a central focus of this book as well. Yeah, and I love the fact too, Gregor, that when it comes to again talking about Jack, because of course there's so much that we don't know initially when it comes to what's going on with with Maddie, uh, and of course Jack is the main one who's kind of struggling with that. We're still able to see his determination, his determination uh, for the truth, but also for justice. We saw that in Ebola Island as well. So I want to talk about how much of yourself do you feel like is a part of Jack? Is part of that inspired by you, or is it part of what you kind of see as the good of us as human beings when it comes to his characters? Great question, Cyrus. I'm not sure I ever really thought about that, but yes, I I agree with you. It's, it's the good in people 
and the good in lawyers as well. You know, I uh, mm. I know a lot of people aren't fond of lawyers. I found good lawyers to be among the most honorable people on earth. If they said that that's the way it was going to be, then to another lawyer, that's the way it was going to be. And his determination and strength of character and determination, and, and, and as you know, he went from a not very likable lawyer in Ebola Island to uh, a man to admire. Right. Um, so he's still still the man to admire in Dragon's Eye and committed to his family. And, and as you know, even though he has his doubts, uh, he does what he thinks is right to stand by his family and, and see if he can rescue his wife. Um, yeah. most, most characters, people ask me all the time, you know, where is that character? Is that like me? Or did you, you know, everybody I know, Cyrus, could be part of a character. You know, you learn a little bit from everyone. And a character is not any one person. It's certainly not intended to be me, although I do pick up from my experiences in the world and, and examine those through the eyes of my characters as well. I think that's true for all writers. It's hard to get outside of what you actually know. Um, at least I can't do it. Some writers may be able to. Right. <laughs> Edgar Allan well, Poe I- comes to mind on that. <laughs> Yeah. Look, I, the, the other the reason why I wanted to ask you that question, uh, Gregor, is because I thought about even though we're talking about Jack and what he was able to do for Maddie, we also see him putting himself out there to help others too in the middle of everything else he's dealing with, him trying to help others and to help other people get answers and to get what he sees as justice. Talk to us about that bigger picture because a lot of times when we're going through, and that's why I was wondering how much of it was aspirational as far as us as human beings because – a lot of times when we're going through stuff, it's hard for us to see anything else. But Jack is able to realize that even though he has his own goal, and that is to be able to find out the truth about what's going on with Maddie, that does not make him not care about what other people are dealing with and suffering through. Cyrus, I'm glad you picked up on that. And and I'm thinking near the end of the book, and he's talking to one of the other characters to not violate her moral compass, and it's not worth it, and that he and Maddie would – he would rather lose Maddie, and Maddie would rather lose her, her life than to allow someone to do something dishonorable um, yeah. on their benefit. Um, yeah, I think that's aspirational, and I, it's the way I wish the world were, I guess, Cyrus, that people could see that way and that um, the why you do things matters. And it's not just what you do, but why you do it, what your intentions are, what your thoughts are, and being aware of the other people around you. Uh, I find so much in modern life to be uh, singularly focused and self-interested. And it would, it would strikes me that uh, we could all use a big dose of uh, uh, loving kindness and self-awareness, and I hope that Jack exhibits that. Such a great point. For those who are just tuning in, he's on the radio side of online. You're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome author Gregor Pratt to our program today. Gregor is celebrating the second book in his series. It's, the book is called Dragon's Eye. We're going to remind you he can be able to get it as well as Ebola Island and stay connected with Gregor. So, Gregor, at this point, how is it sitting with you? I mean, the reviews have been coming in since book one, since Ebola Island. Do you now feel as though... Um, you are an author, that that you're writing these books. Does that kind of solidify for you that this is who you are? Yes. I mean, Cyrus, this is something I've wanted to do for many years. Um, I think I wrote in college, and 
think I won ten dollars for second for a second place story. Um, mm. But since then, I've practiced law, and I've allowed that to dominate my time. And it, it takes a lot of time to do it well. Um, you're you're not going to work forty hours a week. You work sixty hours a week. And I had two children to raise and you know, other responsibilities as well. So I was excited when I retired from law and I could start writing. There was a a course somewhere near the end of my career I took uh, fiction writing for lawyers. And it was amazing how many lawyers were interested in writing. Um, and, and I remember Stephen Horn, who's a very staid, conservative corporate lawyer type. Um, his first book in Defense of Mary was a New York Times bestseller. And Lisa Scottolini, who's written a number of books, is a more of a streetwise, uh, tough nails type lawyer. Um, and, but she, she's done really well as an author. And so looking at them, of course, you know, Tarot and Grisham, and there are a lot of lawyer writers. There are lots of different ways you can use your uh, legal education and your legal career and your drive for facts um, to expound in writing. So I, I was really excited to write. And, and Ebola Island is actually my second book. Like many writers, Cyrus, my first book is in boxes under my desk, as they say. Um, it needs it needs lots of work, and I have not yet found the energy to do it. But with Ebola Island, and it's it got a number of five-star reviews, um, I came away from that thinking, okay, Pratt, you can write. And now uh, with Dragon's Eye, I hope the storyline's a little better. I hope the writing's a little better and hope to continue to improve my craft. But, um, yes, I finally feel like I can accept the uh, the, the title author. And um, I hope everyone likes my work. I think the reviews that I've gotten uh, tend to indicate that they do. Yeah. And I think the other side of this, too, uh, Gregor, is the fact that you you were were a person who was determined to do it. I think so many times when life happens, uh, so many people put their dreams aside. But the fact that it stayed with you uh, and that you were able to be able to do this is definitely an amazing thing. So talk to us about that from the author standpoint. That's what I wanted to ask you about that because I'm sure people come to you now at this point who also aspire to be able to do what you've been able to do. Maybe they have another profession, but they've always wanted to write. What do you normally say to them, Gregor, when it comes to the pursuing of their own dream of becoming a published author? Um, I encourage them every way that I can, Cyrus. Um, first, I tell them, just write. Pick a little bit of time. Even if you only write a couple hours a week, start and keep at it. Uh, keep writing. There's a story in most people. Um, you, you, I heard a great exercise, and I did long ago. Um, you sit down for about an hour by yourself with a piece of paper, and you start writing down the very first memories that you can think of. And so these go back to early childhood. And, and the exercise goes, there's a reason you've picked those things to remember and all kinds of other things that you've forgotten about. And so it helps you start to define who am I, what's important to me, what has always been important to me. And I think most people have, we're all different, Cyrus. So there's a story in them, and I, I try to get them to write, just to give it a try. Um, a, a good friend of mine wrote a book that was very well received. It was kind of a diary of his his uh, work as a police chief, and I think he's now working on uh, writing a, a different kind of a diary. That's his style of writing, but he does very well with it, and I was having breakfast with him the other day and encouraged him to keep it up, that he's doing well, and I, I think he's after it again. So 
anyone that wants to write, I think they should, Cyrus. Um, some people write for emotional release rather than to be published. But anyone that wants to be published, they can do it. All they have to do is put the effort in. Such a great point. Such a great reminder. Now, I, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, Gregory. Gregory, Gregor, I'm not known for doing this, but I want to ask you about something because, you know, we all have heard the never say never, right? And one thing that you have in the back of the book is that there you're seeing that there is going to be at least one more book, right? Um is that difficult to say uh, because these characters have become, as you mentioned earlier, so much a part of your family? Is it difficult to think about the day when you're going to let them go? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's not like I started out with that in mind, Cyrus, but I began to write and I have a character and I, I want my characters to turn heroically and be successful. And, um, you know, you don't know how it's going to come out. Um, but then once I start the second book, and I, I should I should say, um, I tried to write myself to New Zealand. I've always wanted to go there. I've heard wonderful things about it. Um, I'm a trout fisherman. The trout fishing's great there. I thought, okay, if you're going to be an author now and you're going to write about somewhere, write somewhere you want to go. So I, I write myself just on the eve of the pandemic to New Zealand by at the end of Bull Island. That's where Jack and Maddie are headed. And then don't you know New Zealand gets closed? So um, I have to adapt and find a different way to find out about New Zealand. And maybe I can get back to that. But, yes, it will make it hard for me to Jack and Maddie at some point. But I'm thinking right now I'm thinking three in the series is probably it. You, you never know. That could change. Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious about one thing, um, and I've been, you know, paying attention to other interviews that you have done since the release of Ebola Island. I'm curious, though, um, it, could it be that that these characters, Jack and Maddie, become more secondary, and their families become more prominent? Yes. Um, good instinct, Cyrus. That's. that's the outline that I'm currently working with for um, book three would set that up nicely. I've also thought I could go back to Malagasy and see what's going on in that new republic, which forms at the end of uh, Bola Island. And the characters there, Albert and Robert, um, were very noble and almost omniscient. They were very powerful characters, even though they were not the main characters in that book. Um, I could go back and see how they're doing there. And I thought about uh, looking at the rebuilding of a nation, basically. Um, mm -hmm. I've got to get through book number three, I think, first, Cyrus, so I try and keep all those <laughs> thoughts in check. <laughs> right, right. Well, what made me think about that, Gregor, honestly, was the fact of the of the, the time, like thinking about Ebola Island, you know, and when it was set, and then of course now, you know, time jumping a bit, you know, in in Dragon's Eye, I thought, huh, that would be curious to see, you know, how 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 the children are, you know, if they took up their their uh, their parents' adventurous aspect as well. Well, and I'll go one step further with you, Cyrus, since you asked such a great question. At the at the end of the third book, or near the end, I have one of their children announcing that they want to go to law school, and. Mm. Jack and Maddie have concerns about that because they've been far better to the law than the law's been to them. Um, and so I'm not sure if that'll stay in or that'll, that'll really work out that way. 
but that that could set up a continuing relationship with the family. Interesting. Well, that gives us something to look forward to. Greg, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Again, everyone, Greg Pratt has been our guest. The new book is Dragon's Eyes. I mentioned uh, the first book in this series with Jack and Maddie is called Ebola Island. Both of them are available through Amazon.com. You all can get them there in print as well as the Kindle editions. And, Gregor, you also have a website to keep people informed. Let them know how to stay connected with you. All right. Um, my website is easy, www.gregorpratt.com. And my email, and, and please feel free to reach out to me, prattgregor at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you're love to know what your thoughts um, are about the books if you read them, and hope that you were interested. All right. Well, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate you stopping by and looking forward to our next chat together. Thank you very much for having me today, Cyrus. I really appreciate it. Hey, glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>